Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I am Lindsay, and this is Maria, and we are Romy's Review to Movies. We are two old college roommates, and I um, had my degree in film, and Maria has been um, doing reviews and um, commentary on film for the past 20 years. So we have come together on this show today to discuss Eddie Murphy's The Distinguished Gentleman. Mm -hmm. it came out in 1992. Um, this is Maria's first time viewing The Distinguished Gentleman. So this will be um, pretty, pretty interesting to hear your thoughts on it. So a little bit of your thoughts on... Um, on Twitter. Yes, I did love tweet watching it. So yes, yeah. Twitter, X, whichever one you want to call it today. <laughs> we're, calling it, uh, we're calling it Twitter. Mom calling yeah. Twitter, I'm calling Twitter. So right, right. So um, so yeah, so this movie came out in nineteen ninety-two, um, at the end of ninety-two, actually. Yeah. And um so it would have been nine. Hmm? Like nine years old. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, we would have been nine. So um, this is a movie that I did watch quite a bit as a kid. And then rewatching it again as an adult, there was a lot of stuff in this movie that went way over my head. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on, apparently, in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder, what what, what was it? What did I think I was watching? <laughs> right, right. I don't know what I was watching. I just know it was Eddie Murphy and the jokes are funny and I laughed and I watched it quite yes. often. <laughs> it's Eddie Murphy doing a lot of accents and impressions. Yes, yes. So that that alone is funny. Right, right. And right. Uh, you can also wrong. have his his trademark laugh. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And then his like, you know, GQ smooth talking, mm -hmm. you know, that all those elements are in this movie. Um we also have Shirley Ralph. Yes, you I know, love her so much. Yes, yes, she's, she's, she's amazing. Yes, yes, still to this day, like mm -hmm. she still look good. But um, yeah, so we have her in, and this is pre Moesha. Um, it's around the time of Sister Act Two, so this was Sister Act Two era. Yes. So um, we also have Chi McBride. Chai. Chai McBride. I always said Chi. That's all right. It's probably not you not said that often. So, but I was a big Boston public fan. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I was looking, I think this was like his first movie. So this was oh, before was Love Got to Do With It. Oh wow, yeah. So yeah. he was very young. Yes, yes. So um we have him as well. Um then we also have um a few other people. Let me pull that back up. Yeah, we Yes, Charles is done. And while I was watching it, I was just like, you know, he is such a underrated um actor. Yes. You know, this was right around the time of Rock when Rock was on the air. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then you know, that was that was a, just a stroke of art, especially when they started doing them live. You mm -hmm. know, that show was so good. Yes. So um, but yeah. And you know, he was doing his thing in there because this was a this was around the time of Men's Society. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, also, we have James Gardner and Lane Smith. Oh, and then also we have Victoria Raul. Now, um, if anybody ever watched The Young and the Restless, that was just oh. back in the day. <laughs> oh, no, I never saw. 
oh well you never watched young and restless Mm-mm. yeah yeah i'm i grew up in a household where my mom and my grandma watched it yeah. so yeah um but yeah so and then she was also on diagnosis murder as well so if you ever watched that that was the um i think she was a doctor as well i recognize her face mm-hmm. yeah and then she did she did commercials as well um i want to say was it print was it Pantene Pro V? I can't remember. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she I mean she did it as um as a celebrity spokesperson. Oh, I see. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so um and then she she always comes and shows out. Mm-hmm. You know. So um who else? Um, because they had they had quite a few faces on here. Um yeah. oh um Grant Schraud. That was, um, if anybody ever watched Murphy Brown, he was on Murphy Brown. Um, yeah, I, yes. Yes, I recognize his face. I was, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he played Mouse. Yeah, so. Um, and yeah, I was extre- extremely too young to be watching Murphy Brown, but I did. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was what it was, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we have we have quite a few names on this um cast. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So um basically the movie starts out with um Eddie Murphy um is a con artist, just cut and dry. He's a con artist and he's running yeah. A, yeah he's running a scam. Um and he is at a um, political fundraiser at someone's house, and he is a um, a waiter. And so, um, then <laughs> they are him and his um, his coworkers, quote unquote. They run several different scams that intertwine with one another. So one of the scams that they run is a one nine hundred hotline that uh it's like girls of the world or something like that yeah yeah so um miss loretta who is played by Shirley ralph she um basically is the one that's over the 900 number and um she talks to these people over the phone with different accents mm-hmm. and she you know they're they're clocking money left and right and the Look, swedish that- accent seems to be the favorite yes. for the guest stars Yes, yes, it is. And um, they got a um, a politician. And the politician that they got is where this fundraiser is at. Is at yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so he got word that the uh, lady was there because he didn't make this lady all kinds of promises and whatnot. So he um, ends up seeing Miss Loretta and pulls her into a room. And um, she basically is running a scam on him. And then uh, Eddie Murphy's character, which is Thomas, he barges in and he's saying that he's an undercover agent, that he's been tracking her down and whatnot. Then another person that's a part of their um, scheme, he comes in. 
So it's like three of them that's running this big scam on this politician. Mm-hmm. And they get him out of some money. They get him out of thousands of dollars and a Rolex watch. Yeah. So And the whole time, um, uh, Thomas is playing the character of the undercover cop. And the other two are these criminals. And, you know, he's handcuffing them together and all this stuff. And he's mm-hmm. telling the politician, like, oh, we have to call the police so that you can, you know, they can get your testimony or whatever. So we can make sure mm-hmm. it doesn't happen to anybody else. Blah, right. blah, blah. And of course, the pol- politician is terrified because he doesn't want this news to get out. And so that's <laughs> when, right, that's when, uh, you know, he's asking about this, this scam ring and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, that's when, Thomas tells him, oh, yeah, they usually want, like, like $5,000 per person in the gang or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's fine. And Thomas is like, what? He's like, well, there's four of them, right? He's, and, and the politician is like, that's fine. And, like, apparently he just has most of it in cash and in his safe. Mm-hmm. And, so and then he offers the watch because he doesn't have enough. Right. Because it's, like, 5000 per person. And it's, like, four people. That's part yeah. of the scam. <laughs> So, yeah, so they um, run the scam and they get the the watch and the money out of them. But um, he wants to hold them until he makes sure that they are really that they really have the the tapes because they said they have recordings and he wants to make sure that he gets those recordings from them. So once he gets out of the room, he's thinking that he's walking out the room with Thomas but Thomas then bailed. Yep. Tom, they would because they had gone from the office back into like the ballroom area where everybody yeah. else was, and um, the folks the who assumed that it. Thomas was a, a waiter were like, "Hey, where's my drink that I ordered mm-hmm. or whatever?" And so he's like, "Oh, you mean the other waiter who got it first? So he's playing like two different waiters, mm-hmm. one named Jamal, one named what, Jamil, Jamal, Jamal, I think, mm-hmm. Kareem and Jamal. That's what it was." Yeah, and uh, so he's pretending as if he's somebody else, and mm-hmm. uh, the woman who's asking about her drink is looking at him like, like she's not sure if he's the same person or not. Right, right. But she's too afraid to say anything. Right, right. And so, um, and then um, the politician he ends up going to greet the police chief. So he really got a bail now. So he leaves. Um, like they almost, they almost didn't make it, but they ended up leaving. And they got away with the money and the Rolex. Mm-hmm. And so um, then we fast forward to um, us seeing that pretty much he does have this whole operation where they do all kinds of scams. It's like a, a, a known thing that that's what he is. It's basically a con artist. And so while he's um, at home with his grandma and Miss Loretta, that's when they see that... Um, there's a politician that's running for Congress out of their area, and his name is Jeff Johnson. Well, Jeff Johnson ended up um, passing away because he um, was having sex with his uh, secretary. Mm-hmm. Cheating and, on his wife. Right, cheating on his wife, and he had a heart attack in the middle of sex. Mm-hmm. So they see on the news that... Um, He's passed away. And so um, he comes up with the idea um, after he's done some research and whatnot, he goes back to his his co-workers. <laughs> right. And he comes he, up with 
Right, his team. And so he comes up with, with the idea to run for Congress. Yeah, because while he was hiding, like or, while they were running with the money from the scam, mm -hmm. he heard two people uh, involved in politics talking about like all these deals they mm -hmm. were and all the money they were going to get from it. And that's right. when he's like, oh, I'm in the wrong business. Right, right. Big scam. It's right. This is a huge scam. Right. right. So... Yeah, so he comes up with this idea to run for um, Congress, and he's going to run off of name recognition because it's too close to election for the Jeff Johnson that passed away to be taken off the ballot. Mm -hmm. So, and then on top of that, because it's a congressman, people don't really pay attention to who their congressmen are. So, he's... um. You know, he's basically gonna run off of this uh this yeah. whole idea of the name you know. Name. Right. So, so his name because his legal name is Thomas Jefferson Johnson. Yeah, because so, apparently his grandma liked Jefferson or whatever. I was like, What are you yeah. talking? What? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because like some of the older black people, they put certain politicians in a high regard. But it's never Jefferson. It's usually um, mm -hmm. Washington or maybe Lincoln, but or yeah, FDR, or but Jefferson. Yeah. JFK, RFK, but yeah. not Jefferson. Right, right. Right. Um, yeah. I and I was just like, I, as my, my theory right. was that uh, they're probably part of the Sally Hemings Jeffersons, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible because mm -hmm. um, this was like just a few years before that whole story really broke big. Blew up, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there was always like word, word around, mm -hmm. you know, that he had that he really did have like an affection for her, and they mm -hmm. really did have this love affair and whatnot. So, a love affair. She was a slave. Facts facts but you know how they like try to play it up or whatever yeah they try to really play up that thomas jefferson was really like a person that people liked but it's like he was a slave owner at the end of the day as well so and she was 15 so yeah so yeah <laughs> but also, we're not also half sister of his wife and then there's that yeah so there's a lot there's a lot <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> But they try to they try to make it like it's this, you know, this great love affair that we all should look at as a positive. No. Mm -mm. And, and it's not. It's, it's not. not. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we we're not gonna go down that road too much. But to me, it because because I've seen that in older black people houses where they would have up politicians pictures and stuff like that. I'm like it's to me it wasn't too far fetched. It was for me it was just the choice of Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I've seen that just never Jefferson. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, right. I I can definitely see why you would be like why Jefferson. But for the purpose of the movie. Right. Whatever. Yeah. But I was just like that's <laughs> funny. Like that's weird. Why why? Yeah. Yeah. So but um but yeah so we have the um so we have the name recognition so then he goes to the wife now the wife she <laughs> they uh they approached her 
at the funeral on oh, the wife one. of the politician who had died. Yeah. Yes, the wife of the politician who had died. They approached her at the funeral to see if she wanted to run in his spot, which she declined, but that is not out like that's not an outlandish um, suggestion. No, it's definitely something that happens. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's actually happened here in Missouri before. Yeah, and she won. So mm -hmm. yeah, but um, but yeah, so that um, she declined or whatnot. She she's done with politics. She's she, she it seemed like she was pretty much relieved that he passed away. Yes, very much. <laughs> Because she was like, I've dealt with enough BS, you know, mm -hmm. being a, a Washington wife. And and the um, secretary he was cheating with was there, too. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, yeah. I can help you run your office. Which I was like, girl, you are bold. Um, right. And That's the, the worst wife, kept secret. <laughs> like, really? And the <laughs> wife was, I was like, wow, you're talking anyway but the wife was like i don't think i can give you the same kind of job satisfaction that my husband could right the shade <laughs> so yeah so he um so yeah so sh she was um proposition she declined or whatnot so thomas went to um oh wait first what he did was he went to this um group this um older citizen group i forgot the name of the mm -hmm. citizen it was it's, it's like silver something silver fox that's silver what it fox was. yeah because it made me think of the silver sneakers you know yes. group yeah, right 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 yeah so um he went to the silver fox because what he needed was um almost 600 signatures to be 6,000. Like it was like 5,600. Oh, I thought it was 500. Okay. Mm -hmm. So almost 6,000 signatures was needed for him to be placed onto the ballot. Well, this organization, the silver Fox, um, they already had the signatures and they just put somebody on the ballot every um, election, you know? And so Excuse me. He went to their organization head and he um, pleaded his case for him to be the one that they put, excuse me, on the ballot. Yes. And um, she, um, after their conversation, she went on ahead and agreed that they were going ahead and um, put him on the ballot. And so he ran <laughs> off the name. Promises and everything. Like, yes, all these promises and whatnot. And he ran off the name Jeff Johnson. Um, what he also did was he went to, the politician that passed away, Jeff Johnson's widow. And <laughs> he ran a con on her. Yes. But she was happy to give any and everything that he wanted and then some. Mm -hmm. So he pretty much went to her and asked for all the um the um campaign's um propaganda, you know, the flyers, the stickers the buttons all, all that type of stuff yes so, which is amazing i was like wow okay and she was like yeah, yeah you can have it i don't want that i was right. gonna take the, the wedding right like do you want the wedding photos too right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah then she kind of started to try to hit on them as well so that was yeah funny. that was i was like okay girl all right, right. like okay. and uh this was one of you know eddie's like uh impersonation characters or I don't know mm -hmm. what you call it, but he's like playing this very, um, oh, what's the word? Not uh, posh. Hoity, hoity. 
not posh, but like, um, uh, I don't know, but like, you know, East, East Coast, you know, kind of mm-hmm. dude with the sweater vest and bow tie and yeah. glasses, prep, very prep. That's what I'm talking prep. about. Prep, yes, yes, prep. So, and he's also, you know, modulated his voice to sound, you know, just more like a, someone from the East Coast who would, was just so, uh, you know, just really into her husband's work and, you know, like, <laughs> you right, know. took a lot of the bass out of his voice. Yes. And um, then we, in this conversation, we also find out what the um, Congressman Jeff Johnson's campaign and what, and the stuff that he would stand on. Um, he didn't like black people too much. <laughs> no surprise. Right. So he's also, I mean, one of the other things is that they're in Florida. So yeah, uh, where right, exactly. So it made it made sense. It made sense. Um, but um, that we we find that out in this conversation, and um, he's just you know just buttering up the widow, saying, "Hey, I was I agreed with everything. You know, he inspired me to get yeah. off welfare and get mm. into the workforce and." All that, so yeah, yeah, something about like it was that time where he basically called us lazy blacks and told us to work harder, and that inspired me, <laughs> right? Like, right, okay, right. And I always share that with my fellow Negroes, with my fellow Negroes, <laughs> yes, I was like, wow, <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, so he, um, so, so he got all the uh propaganda and um him and the silver foxes and his crew they all started doctoring up the um the stuff and started like campaigning and they did this campaign with not one picture being posted of him which is totally impossible it it (laughs) really is it really is but it really wasn't that possible then either (laughs) right right like he he didn't do uh, um, uh, um, an interview. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't do, do a town hall meeting. He didn't do a debate. He didn't do none of that. They came well, up with everything. You have every to do theory. a debate, my guy. Come on. Right. If you don't do nothing else, you got to at least do one debate. But yeah, he didn't do none of that. They didn't see him until after he got elected. So, um, and and basically what he said was what it was on election day. A lot of people with the congressmen, they just kept voting for the same name they've been voting for, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. And they got him; they got him elected. And his election speech was every catchphrase that a politician has said in the past twenty years. So yeah, <laughs> and that's all they were. Not even like it, strung together coherently. He's just saying you know, catchphrases. Right. It's very. It's very Donald Trump. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watching it now, especially going through the Trump era, it's like wow. Yeah. Just wow. Remember when it, this was just comedy? Fun. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It and was not your reality. So far fetched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's supposed to be so far away from reality. And we this actually could lived- never possibly have it. Right. We actually lived it and they're trying to make us live it again. Well, that's not gonna happen. No, no. No, and they are seeing to it by any means necessary. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so we have um, we have that campaign speech, and so after the speech, him and his crew they end up um, going to D.C. Of course, 
And once they they don't um, know anything about they haven't absolutely no idea. They haven't a clue the first on how anything operates, which again is reminiscent of the Trump era. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have um, what was his name, Arthur? Yeah, his, yeah, uh, AA. Arthur. Yeah, administrative assistant. Right. Well, we have him meet them at the airport. And he was the original Jeff Johnson's AA. And so he's pretty much, you know, campaigning to be the new Jeff Johnson's AA, which he eventually gets the job. But um, yeah, so he has, I mean, he meets them at the airport, you know, and they don't even know that they need hotel rooms. And Which like, where were you gonna stay? That's what I'm like. Like, have you they never traveled before? It doesn't make any sense. Right? They were literally a fish out of water. I don't know who they thought was supposed to make that for them, but yeah. So yeah, that um, part was kind of like wild to me. Like, y'all didn't even set up your own place to stay, right? Or at least get it confirmed before you even left Florida. Like, nobody what had a plan about this. Like, <laughs> I know, right? No, what nobody was like, hey, where we staying? Nothing. So, um, so yeah, so Arthur he uh calls all around because what ended up happening was that there was some big convention, so a lot of the hotels were um Books. sold out, mm -hmm. yeah. So he ends up finding them a place, and then um, he ends up uh meeting them the next day because they did not know that there was a lottery for freshman congressmen for um, office, mm -hmm. for offices. So they end up seeing him again at the office that was given to him because he wasn't a part of the library or the lottery. He didn't participate in the lottery. Mm -hmm. Why he didn't, who didn't, why didn't we know about the lottery? What happened? Right, right. And then we find out that Arthur did, inform him of all of this stuff in a brief that he sent to him mm -hmm. and nobody took the time to read it apparently which is wild yeah. to me <laughs> right so right before they um go to the office they had to get on this special elevator and this <laughs> elevator was um was operated by Della Reese like yes. so that was pretty much like a old to Harlem Nights and mm -hmm. you know um the back and forth that Eddie Murphy and Della Reese had in Harlem Nights they pretty much you know really lived that in this movie so that was They're pretty so cool. good together. They're so yeah. good. Yeah. When I tell you when I was watching it this morning I was cracking up at this. Mm -hmm. So yeah. She's like you're not gonna grab my ass. Right, right. Yeah. So and the and the older guy that works with Eddie and I never got his name because it's Eddie, the older guy, the this the Latino guy, and, yeah. and and Cheryl, but I never got the older dude's name. Um, um it's Van Dyke. Yeah, okay. Uh, but he's like, I'll grab it. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. With that deep voice. Mm -hmm. And then um the Hispanic guy is Armando. Armando, yes. Yeah. So. We didn't get too much from Armando, which is too bad. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
But yeah, yeah, he did say, well, I'll grab your ass. <laughs> and she looked like she wanted him to do it low key. So she did. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, I can work too. Right. <laughs> as long as he's getting grabbed. Shit. <laughs> You know, it's boring up here running an elevator. Okay, <laughs> right. And you only go up four floors. And, and, and there's five. Like, right. what? I never right. heard of that in my life. No, no. I was just like, maybe they added the fifth floor late. I don't know. But, but then why would you add a floor and not include the elevator shaft? That doesn't make any sense. No idea. <laughs> you know. No idea. But that's where they put all the freshman congressmen. So maybe they just really don't give a damn. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But well, that's where they put him because he didn't participate in the lottery, so he lost. Well, all the freshmen were. Up oh, there. oh, well, yeah. Well, that particular yeah. office. Which yeah. Was, uh, remember, he was at the know. end of the hall. There was like, there was like the hay hall. in the office. I was like, what? Is yeah, that? there was an office behind like gates. <laughs> it's just like, what is that? <laughs> anyway, so, but yeah, so um. So yeah, after um, the whole office situation, that's when he officially hired Arthur and told Arthur that he basically needed to inform him about everything so he doesn't miss anything from here on out. Which I feel like that was a smart move because Arthur was on it. So yeah, yeah. especially since his team was not so. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, they don't know. Yeah, but like they didn't even give him his mail. <laughs> right all that mail was sitting up there that place was in disarray but yeah so um we pretty much have him like you know going through the motion of um they had the um the banquet to um welcome to, the new yeah, class to welcome the new class mm -hmm. right? and he's meeting people there and whatnot then he um becomes chummy chummy with the chairman um that's dick <laughs> that's, it's uh, yeah dick dodge that is hilarious so um he ends up becoming chummy chummy with him and then um he's pretty much known as his yes man for the mm -hmm. most part because he's looking to make money like, yeah that's all they're there for yeah. at the end of the day they're con artists at the end of the day they want money and that's just what it is mm -hmm. um but yeah so we pretty much see him going through the motions and whatnot um you know, conning people left and right because he really don't know what the hell he's doing. You know, and for yeah. the part, um, that's what we see him doing up until a certain point. Um, oh, and then there's then before we get to that certain point, um, we are now introduced to Victoria Raul's character, who is um, Celia. Yeah, Celia. So yeah. Celia, um, she works for um she i forgot she's, a, she, I don't know, she's some kind of lobbyist i think yeah yeah so she's i forgot what what it which one in particular but yeah, yeah she is a lobbyist and um she's really trying to you know um be professional and try to ha have a professional relationship mm -hmm. with um thomas thomas is just trying to date her for the most part yeah he immediately starts objectifying her and it's like whoa Jeez. Yeah, yeah, and she is she is not here for it initially. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but you know, um, after a couple of times of them interacting professionally, she did give in and go out on a date with them. And once they started, you know, becoming um, very um, friendly, she invited him 
on a Sunday morning date, which is at uh, one of the congressmen's church. church, which it's Eli, it's Congressman Eli's church, which is played by Charles S. Dutton. Mm -hmm. And then we and I was like a Sunday uncle. morning date. Yeah, because he was like brunch. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, know. yeah. So we find out that that's um, um Celia's uncle. So and, yeah, he's, and trying he's, to, he's trying to do right and trying to get things passed and whatnot. And he's very principled. Yeah, he's very principled. He's very uh, by the book and mm -hmm. whatnot. And he's not trying to play these politics games with right. these politicians. It's about so his integrity. Right. And they just absolutely don't like him for that reason, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So um, he ends up becoming cool with um, Eli while he's dating his niece. But then he's also cool with Dick. And whatnot. And so he's playing this game, you know, this politics game and what have you, up until a certain point. Um, and this particular certain point was when he had um, some visitors come to his office. It was a lady and her daughter. Yeah, some constituents from his district. Yes. And um, they were very demanding. They wanted to speak with Thomas. Um, Thomas actually wasn't in the office, so they weren't lying to her saying that she, he wasn't there. However, they were trying to blow her off because, mm -hmm. again, they're just there to scam. So um, they were pretty adamant about talking to him. They ended up causing a ruckus. And um, when Armando was about to put them out, um, while he was in the process of putting them out, that's when Thomas came and he was like, what He was like, like he picked the girl up and everything was like, yeah, she was I was like, oh my gosh. She was she was stealing on him. So yeah. He had to he had to stop getting hit some kind of way, you know. But um, but yeah. So um when Thomas saw this and he stopped the whole commotion and whatnot, he went on ahead and took the um the meeting, the impromptu meeting. Um he and his crew, they all sat down and spoke with the lady and her daughter. And um, the reason why this really shocked everybody was because during all this ruckus, when Armando had picked up the little girl while she was stealing on him, she um, was wearing a wig and the wig mm -hmm. fell off. And it revealed that she's completely bald. Mm -hmm. So... When that shocked everybody, that's when he was like, what happened to you? And so they pretty much um, sat down and had a conversation. And they told them that she had cancer. She's now cancer-free, but there are a bunch of other kids that are affected in their area with this particular cancer. And the mom started looking into things um, around them and whatnot that would be causing all of these kids to have cancer come to find out it was from the power lines. They are living in an area where um, it's very, it's very um, inexpensive. So the schools are buying this land for very cheap and it's very inexpensive because it's by these power plants that's putting out these um, waves that are known to cause cancer specifically in kids. And so 
you got these kids going to school every day next to these power lines that are causing cancer. So there's kids left and right, left and right, left and right, getting this cancer and nobody's doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. They're in a cancer cluster. Yes. Very so, similar to like the Aaron Brockovich mm-hmm. story. Right, right. Um, and this like, this just really uh, turns the movie completely. Like, yes. Like it was before, all until this part. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just like, ooh, real serious especially because like you know they she talks about how she got cancer and there's a bit of a break before they let you know that she's now cancer free because it's like dang child death what happened right (laughs) right right. i came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and then not for nothing this is a little white girl Mm -hmm. so that's gonna pull on everybody's heartstrings like what the hell you know what i'm saying at least they'll pay attention in congress right right so yeah, so we have this whole situation with um, this little girl with cancer, and um, there he's just basically like, what can we do? And they was like, well, you can come see for yourself. So they go back to Florida, and they see the proximity to this uh, power um, plant, to the schools and to the neighborhoods and stuff like that. And he takes Celia with him. You know, and she's, you know, pretty much on the kid. Both of them are pretty much on the kid's side. And they're just like, you know, we got to figure out what can be done. So they ended up having, um, um, I guess, a media day where they called all the media to come to, uh, come to D.C. while they talked to the media about um, an idea that they were proposing. Well, there's supposed to be like this meeting about some some bill right because he's been trying to get on the after he hears this story he's trying to get on the committee for power and industry mm-hmm. so that he can do something about yes. it yes and um and they have an upcoming um hearing have, or something yeah they have an upcoming hearing so he wants this to be discussed on the upcoming hearing or whatnot so he called the media there and um hold on You okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I um just got just got a text. My bad. So um so yeah so they had a uh they had a uh a media day where they came and they spoke to the media and they were putting out the idea you know trying to get publicity behind this idea because they really want to um, make this change and whatnot and so Dick came. Um, and he pretty much intruded on the, uh, on the speech that they had for the media and took all the, took the press, you know, for this, because who doesn't want to help a little girl with cancer, you know? Right. So. He steals the spotlight. Yeah, basically. So when he stole the spotlight or whatnot, so, um, Thomas is thinking, okay, I got Dick on board for this, right? Mm -hmm. So after they get done. He has a conversation with Dick and Dick was like, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for a little girl with cancer. We all feel bad for a little girl with cancer, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Do anything about this. Like, mm-hmm. so then he calls in his homeboys, <laughs> his homeboys come in and they all um, 
or heads of their respective um, committees and whatnot. And they all pretty much lay it down on the line for him and tell them why this is not a good idea to try to fight this. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of money. It's going to cost so much money to do this, so much money to do that. And do you want to be the one that um, is the face of everybody's electric bill being five times higher than what it is? Do you want to be that person that they are going to blame for that? Mm-hmm. So it really got his wheels turning and he's just like, you know, I I, I get it. I, and when you, when you look at that scene, they are making some... I'm, I mean, I hate to say it, they are making some valid points because the shit will be astronomical. But it's kids with cancer. Like, right. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You're just going to have to, you're going to have to pay it. And that's just what it is. But the. And if, you're, if, you're, if your principles, care. like, if your principles cost you nothing. Right. Well, then you're not really principled. Right. Right. But I mean, but their argument, their argument was good money wise, you know, and it was good enough for him to back out of it. And um, Celia knew that once she saw him, because he had came, he had came back home and he just was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm not feeling it today or whatnot. And so she pretty much knew. And she said something to him about him backing out of the um, the proposed bill or whatnot. But um yeah, so there was another part uh, when um, with um, Eli, because again, he wanted to have this uh, this proposed bill, and Dick got it to where he's not even going to be heard, and so Eli confronted Dick about it and whatnot, and you know Dick blew him off, or what have you, and so also. Um, Dick goes to Thomas and lets him know, hey, you uh, you need to talk to Eli. Like, I know y'all getting pretty cool. You're dating his niece or whatnot, but you need to talk to him to kind of get him off my back. Mm-hmm. And so he does try to talk to him. Um, and they went out for, like, for crab. <laughs> and they were drinking. The biggest crab they I've were ever really seen. Big. And but but also the bib he was oh really I know (laughs) and the bib but the bib he was wearing had lobsters on it so I was like okay yeah I think I was just thinking like it was just a seafood shack yeah yeah I was like maybe Mm -hmm. that's it yeah 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 so crab were huge they were very huge they were very huge but um he was handling them like it was nothing you know and they were handling the crab and drinking the alcohol yeah. Loretta came and she ended up being their DD. And so, excuse me. So while. Because Eli was trying to hit on her, it looked like a little bit, you know. Yeah, because his face did light up a lot, mm-hmm. but she walked up. Mm-hmm. So, which I could see that. But in the same breath, I kind of was like, this is the pastor he did have on a wedding ring. So I hope. Oh, he did? I missed the wedding ring. Yeah. 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 So I was just like, I hope that's not what it was. I just think he was just smiling because she's she's nice on the eyes. I'd probably smile like that too if I was in her presence. So it's gorgeous. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> so yeah. And she um, we never hear him mention his wife or anything mm-hmm. or no, but I but I did peep that he did have on a wedding ring. So mm-hmm. yeah. But um which 
I mean, legit means nothing, but still. <laughs> but we, uh, yeah. So she's their DD because they've been they've been drinking quite a bit because they've been there a while. Mm-hmm. And while she's driving them home, this taxi driver who is paying way too much attention to these prostitutes who uh, are very well dressed, but all yeah. together. <laughs> Yeah, just right in front of the Capitol, like it's nothing, but what else? So <laughs> he's paying way too much attention to them and pressed on the gas instead of the brake and rear ended them so mm. tough that they ended up running into um, a concrete barricade. Yeah, like those little kind of concrete, you know, barricades you might see in between the sidewalk and the street. Right. Right. And so um, that knocks out Miss Loretta and Eli Cold. And um, Thomas was in the backseat. Um, it knocked him out for a couple of seconds. But it did not knock out the taxi driver. He saw what he did and it turned into a hit and run because he mm-hmm. held it out of there. So um, Thomas got out the car and he goes over to a payphone. <laughs> a payphone. And so he calls 911. And then he also calls Dick. Mm. And he lets them lets Dick know what's going on. And Dick tells him yeah. Yeah. to go to this hospital and um then go mm. home and he'll take care of everything else. So then after Dick gets off the phone with Thomas, he calls um Thomas's AA Arthur. Arthur can't get no sleep. This is like no. the third time right. up in the middle of the night to ask him something. Right, right. And so he called him and he uh, told him what was going on and what the play was. So, of course, Thomas doesn't know what the play is. But um, this is pretty much like gold dropping into Dick's lap in regards to Eli because we again know that Eli is um, an outstanding pillar of the community and a pastor. So they ran a story to the news outlets mm-hmm. that he in a car with a woman that is attached to 900 numbers. Um, and that he had been drinking. He had been drinking and they were in a car wreck. So they left it up to your imagination on why they were in the car together. On how that all happened. Right. So that, um, yeah, that was the play that they ran. So, of course, um, Thomas sees that on the news. And he's not even mentioned with being in the car. Miss Loretta's name is not mentioned with being in the car. The only person that was mentioned was by name was um, Congressman Eli. So... Thomas sees this on the um Thomas sees this, excuse me, on the news and he's just like WTF, I need to go do some damage control, you know. So he goes to the hospital to check on Congressman Eli and he is met by Celia and Celia is visibly upset, verbally upset, mm-hmm. tells him to leave. <laughs> She's done with him, you know. And, and so, the thing is, like, he had also, like, on one of their dates where they're talking about, you know, actual things she wants to try and get done in politics, he has no idea what she's talking about. And no. so, author is, like, feeding him lines via his computer screen. 
Yes. Yes. I thought that was so slick. That like was so some funny. Cyrano stuff. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> you can at least pretend to take an interest in what the lady cares about. Yeah. Yeah. He, like he for real, for real. He did not give a damn about that shit. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we um yeah, so we have that situation. And then we have um him talking to his crew. And they're basically like, okay, there is a mole here. Who is the mole? Because Dick has told him that he got his ear to the streets, but he's like, it's more than just the ear to the streets. Mm -hmm. And we need to figure out who the mole is. So they um they run a play. They ended up getting Homer from um from um their original crew back in right. Florida. Right, he comes, to, yes. he comes up to DC so that they can run a play because they they can't run the play because everybody knows their faces. Mm -hmm. So he acted like he uh, was giving them a tip. And so they were saying, okay, well, if this tip gets back to um Dick, then we know who the mole is. Really is yeah. Yeah. So um Thomas and Arthur went to go meet homer and homer gave him the tip and the tip did get back to um dick and so they were like okay well with this tip we need to pretty much perfect it and cover our tracks with this tip so that it doesn't get blown out and whatnot so they ran a play on the person that's over the um committee that would verify this information had it get had it gotten back to um dick which it did mm -hmm. and so <laughs> they ran a play of him coming into the office acting like an exterminator so that they can get him which was um that congressman name is scooter oh, that's right. skeeter, skeeter 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 yes so they had to get skeeter out of the room Skeeter speaks with an English accent. So when they got him out of the room, because they acted like they were fumigating his office, um, they got him out the room just in time for Dick to call him to verify this information. So that was another impersonation that we got from Eddie Murphy playing um, someone with an English accent <laughs> to talk to him or whatnot. And so and he does he does Yiddish. And then he also does a Chinese yes. accent. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> right, right. He he did a, he did a lot. He did a yeah. lot of accents. And uh, there was another scene earlier where he's pretending to be from the NAACP. Yeah, and he's basically doing a Martin Luther King impression. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. That was so funny. Yeah. So we we get a lot of impressions from him. So that's um, awesome. But um, then. We have um, we have that play. That play got ran to perfection. And so they are running with the whole idea that this tip is legit. And so they end up going to the um, hearing. So they end up at the hearing. And at the hearing, that's when um, Dick, being the chairman of of the um, con congressman of Congress, rather, he you know is doing his spiel or what have you, and and Eddie and his people have invited like everybody, like the silver, yes, foxes, the silver fox, 
um, the lady that with the um, daughter, mm -hmm. um, everybody is pretty much there to hear this. All the media outlets are there. Um, like it's a big, it's a big Thank situation. You. you know, um, this is being simulcasted throughout the country and whatnot. So um, they are really making this a big production and which is probably something that probably wouldn't be had they wouldn't have a fraction of the audience no. on a normal you know on a normal day so um so yeah so we have dick getting up doing his spill or what have you and then he gets interrupted <clears throat> by thomas and while he's well thomas wanted to do like the introduction or something like that yeah yeah and um yeah so yeah, so they have this back and forth, and then he pulls out this tape saying that he has a lot of incriminating evidence on this tape. Well, and what happened? He, well, Thomas is talking like he's introducing him, like, mm -hmm. and he's saying, I'm so glad he's decided to work with me on blah blah blah, on like the whole clean, like, you know, thing oh, that you yeah, want to yeah, do. Yeah. And that's when Dick starts getting upset because he has not made any of these promises. Right, right. And so, yeah, so that would be holding the other people that pretty much laid it out from how much this money would, how much money this would cost. That was pretty much putting them on the hook with Dick saying that he would be a part of that, mm -hmm. which he said that he wouldn't. But he's telling, but he's told everybody that he would or whatnot. And now and everybody's so excited and everything because they're there. Right. Right. And then he brings out the tape saying that he pretty much had it on tape of him saying this and what have you. So um, Dick ends up saying that we're going to go to recess. So they go to recess. He brings. Um, what's his name? Thomas. Dick, he, Dick brings Thomas back into his quarters and pretty much, you know, goes off on him while he's starting to go off on him. One of his um, one of the people that was from. Dick's crew comes in there completely going off while he's going off. He's listing all the things that he has done for him that are under the table. That's completely illegal. So during this or what have you, they calm down or Dick calms him down rather and tells him, you know, we pretty much got him. We can turn this around. We just need to see what's on that tape. So he yeah. starts saying Thomas like, is like, oh. if we don't go through this, I'm gonna release this tape to CNN. It's gonna go on live, you know. Yes. So he's saying these things, and that's when they're like, well, let's see the tape that you got, right? Because right. he brought it, he brought in the camera with the tape. Right, right. Because Thomas started making a list of demands, mm -hmm. and they was like, we need to see what's on this tape before we agree to do any other okay. sort. Of, you know? Right. So. They strong arm him to get the tape out of his hands, plays it, and they played the tape. Once they played the tape, that's when they see that the tape was fake. So the tape um, showed the 900 number commercial. <laughs> For Girls of the World. Yes. So um, that's when they pretty much tell him, like, hey, you need to do what we say or you're done. And so he agrees reluctantly. Then they come back from recess. And so Dick tries to, um, you know, resume the hearing and <laughs> get it on track to what he was talking about. Right. Right. And then Thomas interrupts him again. And so Dick has had enough. Dick pulls out Thomas's rap sheet. <coughs> it's several pages long. 
Right. And it's stapled together. Right. And he exposes him for the kind of artist that he is. Thomas takes the rap sheet and he's just like, you know, all of this is true, except for this one thing. This lady got her shoes back. But <laughs> but he was just like, you know, this is true. Like, yeah. Yeah. But um That's me. Yeah. But he um he also I mean, but he finessed that or whatever and turned it back on to Dick and what have you. And um while they're arguing back and forth, that's when we see Homer plays the tape that was given to him while they were going back into the uh, room. Back in the session, yeah. Yeah, back into the session. So this tape is a recording of the conversation that just took place. So everybody is seeing it. They gave a chord to C-SPAN so everybody that's watching can see. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And they're listing all the illegal things that have been taking place. So with that, now um, we see that pretty much Dick is going to jail. <laughs> yeah. So he's pissed off. He wants order because um, Thomas has started had made everybody start clapping because Dick is going to jail. So, <laughs> so Dick is pissed off. He comes from um, the top part of where he was sitting. He comes down to the lower part where Thomas is. And mm -hmm. while he's coming down there, Arthur goes up to Thomas and he's like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? We all going to jail. And so as soon as he did that, he turns around and he sees Dick coming towards him. And so when he saw that, um, he puts Arthur in front of him and Dick, punches Arthur thinking he's punching Thomas. <laughs> so knocks him smooth out. So yeah. So now all the um security officers are trying to hold Dick back. <laughs> and so while they're trying to hold Dick back now Thomas is using this as a photo op <laughs> and starts taking pictures with Dick while he's being held back by three officers. So yeah. So um, pretty much uh, he's gone. He's going to jail. And we have the final scene with Celia and Thomas talking about what's happening, what just happened and whatnot. And he was just like, you know, I can't go back to my job because everybody knows my name now. Now I can't go to 7-Eleven and pass bad checks. Right. So there's only one thing I can do. And she was like, what's that? And he was like, run for president. And that right. was the movie. <laughs> That was the distinguished gentleman. Mm -hmm. So, what are your thoughts on this movie? Uh, it was really good. Uh, it was very funny mm -hmm. throughout. Um, it did feel a little long to me when we got into like the second and third acts and started changing the tone a couple of times because mm -hmm. it kind of goes from you know, kind of fun scam to uh serious issues into kind of more political drama which is a different which is still scamming but a totally different kind of scam mm -hmm. um so that was i was like oh, okay you know i felt like it maybe could have been a little tired there but it was really good still um eddie murphy is still very funny you know and yeah. he's in his big fine era so he's cute and everything yeah and, um 
you know, so you can understand the scams that they're doing because they're playing a lot of people against each other, you know, uh, to try and get the results that they want, uh, Mm -hmm. which uh, is using game theory. I always always appreciate game theory. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a really good cast here. I kind of wish there was more of them. I feel like it was Eddie Murphy vehicle, 100%. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really get too much of like a Shirley Ralph as I would like to have or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I can totally see even being like nine, I would have enjoyed it too because he's mm-hmm. still very funny even if I wouldn't completely understand what was going on. Right, right. Yeah, I, um, that's so funny because like I, I used to watch it often as a kid but there's a but i have not watched it since i was a kid so to watch it now and to catch especially like i was saying earlier we're post the trump era and they're Mm -hmm. wanting us to go into another trump era and seeing all the bs that we have been through and some people still going through and then watching this movie it was like it wasn't far off it was like Mm -hmm. art imitating life you know yeah there is one scene where he's uh talking to some guy and he, the guy is asking him his stance on like some particular issues and uh thomas doesn't know right anything mm-hmm. about these issues and so he's like am i for or against like i don't know you know and so the guy's telling him well if you're for it i can get you money from these people but if you're against it, I can get you money from these people for like every single issue. And he's like, well, if money's coming from both sides, how does anything ever get done? Right. And they're like, yeah, yeah that's the point. Right. <laughs> right. It's just a hamster wheel. Yeah. You know, and ju- and then you can see the way that he was finessing. Like he was like the ultimate scammer, especially like when he went and voted. And then when he came out, he um, ran into those kids. Yes. And then he found out what he voted nay for. And he had to finesse that. And the, mm-hmm. the thing that they were voting for directly affected kids. Mm-hmm. So he had to finesse that and make it like right. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, he is the ultimate scammer. Yeah, because he, he didn't know what he was voting for. He didn't even know there was a vote. Right. Uh, he just went down and voted nay for whatever. And when he stopped by this group of kids, he doesn't know at all what it's mm-hmm. about. Like, well, what are you voting on? Of course, right? right. Uh, and so he uh, he finds two of his colleagues, two of his other freshmen, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, basically like trying to get them to say like what it was about. And they don't know either. Right, right. And they start saying conflicting things and it's just like, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it just showed like how they can have like 511 votes for one thing. Mm-hmm. And because they were talking about how it was something to do with something to do with something to do with something. Right. And then ultimately. They're like, it's, it was about, uh, you know, the vote on the previous vote or something. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. Or to vote to make sure that we're going to vote again about what we voted for last week. Yeah. Like, it was something silly like that. And it was just like, all right. And the kids like, were like, well, I'm, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not a hard question. No, no, it wasn't. But, you know, it took three people to, to answer it, you know, so it but it also shows how messed up politics are, especially mm-hmm. here, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And it did it with a comedic tone. But when you look at it for the bare bones of it, it's kind of messed up. Yeah, no, comedy is definitely a vehicle of truth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, um, which is probably the reason why people don't really fool with this movie like that. Because the um, movie is, is on YouTube. And cool. especially with it being an Eddie Murphy movie, those aren't hard to find. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and this ain't like, okay, this is a YouTube free movie movie. This is like somebody uploaded it, you know? So it's like, hmm. Well, it wasn't a big hit when it came out. So it wasn't. It was I I mean, maybe because of how I played it. I thought it was bigger than what it was. Yeah. But when I looked it up, I was just like, wow, okay. Yeah, because yeah, looking it up, like the budget was fifty million, they only made eighty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make three times the budget really to be considered a hit. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah. When I saw that, I was just like, okay. Yeah. But um but given given the subject matter, I can see why. I don't think so. I mean, I think political comedies can be. Re- I mean, like we have lots of those. I don't think that's a problem. Um, I do see here that Roger Ebert was like it was slowly paced, and so I can see that, right? Because because uh, the different turns the movie makes kind of all of a sudden, so it's kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. Like there are some tone and pacing issues there, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it could have been tightened up here and there because um, up until the point where the girl and um, and her mom are entered in, it is kind of slow. But then it, it picks up at that point and just keeps it rolling. Yeah, because, I mean, you're watching that and then you get to that part and it's kind of like being dunked in an ice bath. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I didn't right. know we were going to do this. Right. Yeah, like, oh, okay, we're getting serious now. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, folks have been comparing like the actual plot to the whole thing with George Santos. Yeah, the um, writer, the writer mm-hmm. compared it. Oh yeah, the, was it the writer Marty Kaplan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He compared it, um, which is hilarious because like I didn't think about George Santos. I thought about Trump. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because we've seen Trump giving speeches. I haven't really ever seen George Santos give a speech, so right, right. that's why it immediately went to Trump for me, but yeah, I mean, because George Santos has been nothing but a comment the whole time. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many lies he's told? I can't tell you the truth about him. <laughs> at all. Like, he said his mom died in 9-11. She wasn't even in the country. Oh, wow. He that's said, that just he said his that grandparents were easy, Jewish. Right? Yeah. Okay. He says grandparents are Jewish. They weren't. And he was like, no, I meant Jew-ish. Sir. <laughs> he made up this these lies that like um, some of his uh, employees got killed in this nightclub shooting in Florida some years ago. Oh, Pulse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just lying about anything and everything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've been seeing, I've been seeing the stuff here and there, and I saw 
a couple of them clips from that interview. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why are we still giving him the time? Of- yeah, she should. I, honestly, I really wish she would not have done that interview. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't find her funny. So I do. But yeah. I was like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I don't want a platform that dude. And that's exactly what he told her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, quit asking me to do interviews. Like, I was like, he definitely has a point. Yeah, no, he's right. Mm-hmm. And I saw, a lot, I saw she got a lot of backlash for doing mm-hmm. that interview because a lot of people was like, why give him the time of day? So, um, like, I mean, the story is entertaining, but I don't need to hear it from him. Well, the well, accounts of like different. his, huh? Oh, well, the accounts of his lies and stuff are already like well documented. Yeah. I, so I, I that, don't he doesn't but, need to be there for me to hear, hear the story but I would want to know the story on why uh it's greed it, gotta, it has to be more than greed no it doesn't because he he's doing way more than the average because everybody does it for greed no no he's not not when compared to Washington it like mm-hmm. DC and everything because like even in the movie he's like I'm just like everybody else up here Mm-hmm. Yeah. Character. I'm just like everybody else here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you heard, I mean, the whole thing with, uh, oh gosh, of course, uh, Thomas on the Supreme Court, like, and his uh, being paid, his vacations being paid for by people and uh, give, being given money to people and people paying for his properties because he's on Supreme Court. Yeah. And his wife being involved in January 6th. Right. So, green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're already on the highest court of the land. What are you doing all this for? Right. Greedy. Right. You know, why spend my money when I can spend yours, basically? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're willing to spend it because they're multi billionaires. So, yep. 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 So. They, got, they got it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. they got it to spend. Right. It's right. much easier. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And you know, and that was that was depicted in this film as well, you know, especially with the um the gun lobbyists. Oh my gosh, that scene was so good. That was so funny to me because I was like, wow, I feel like people wouldn't put that scene in now. Oh the NRA will be like absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. But yeah, because it was was it about semi automatic weapons? And there yeah. was a semi-auto- semi-automatic weapons ban for a while, but then they reversed it yeah. for whatever reason. But I'd love the whole, like, well, you know, we use them for hunting because that is what people say. No, you right. don't. Right. I would blow the animal apart. What would you do? <laughs> yeah. And like like I said, watching it as an adult, especially that scene, mm-hmm. it was funny, but then it was it was messed up in the same, t- in the same breath. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, and then their shots were so terrible. They didn't get any birds. Not one. Not one. And then when that one did die and he said he must have died of a heart attack, I correct up. Me too. Me too. too. It was so funny. Yeah. Especially with him standing around because they all have these semi-automatic weapons talking about going duck hunting. Crazy. Absolutely. You look crazy. It was, and so it was they're they're shooting, and he's just kind of holding it, looking around like, right? This is stupid. Okay. This is so stupid, you know. But I'm a I'm a go because you're paying for it, right? 
Basically. I'm gonna ride your private jet because you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Stay in this luxurious cabin. Mm-hmm. Now, with everything that has been going on <laughs> in the most recent years, do you see this being a film that could be remade? I don't necessarily want the film to be remade. I want the sequel. Mm. Where he runs for president. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. I like how you think. I mean, he said that's what he's going to do, so let's do Mm -hmm. it. Right. Right. Yeah. So the way, yeah, that would be, that would be dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he has social media because I would show tweet him and be like, "Why don't we get a sequel? Where is it?" Yeah, so that would that would be dope. But I was thinking like, I wouldn't necessarily remake it either. Mm-hmm. I would just do what they did with um, Dick Cheney and George W. Bush. I would just make one about Trump. Oh, okay. Get Oliver Stone mm-hmm. on the line and let's think oh. about Oliver. <laughs> oh, it's too soon. I don't want it. I just... <laughs> uh, no. So, yeah. I don't, want, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear <laughs> it, see the interviews. And, uh, no. no. And he's alive too. He's going to love that. No, no. I don't want that. Yeah. I. Yeah. He's He, he will either love it or he would despise it for the truth that it's going to tell. But the story is still being told or mm-hmm. still being wrote. So I wouldn't want the movie until after his um, his criminal charges are done. And no one, can, no one related to him can profit. Right. Right. So if it's not based off of him... Um, it would have to be like inspired by true events or something. Right, right. But, or maybe some kind of satire or something. Yeah, yeah. But that that's what I would want. Yeah. Let's 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 get that together. But um, but yeah, but yeah, but I, I like the sequel. I like the sequel too. Because yeah. that would be interesting how they would try to finesse the presidency. Right, especially after all this rap sheet and the charges mm-hmm. and stuff, like right. Right, the rap sheet and what happened in um in the initial movie, you know. Well, see that was, yeah, that would be a thing. Like, well, yeah, I have this rap sheet, but I exposed, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever, and see how they could play that into you know his presidential run. Right, right. So, so yeah. All right, so let's go over our rating system. So. Um, we have one movie reel trash AF, two it exists, three entertain, excuse me, three entertaining, four great, five a true classic. Maria, what say you? I would give this a solid three. Three? Mm-hmm. It's entertaining, but like those tone and pacing issues really do kind of make the second two thirds of the movie a little, oof, brings you down. So, mm. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably give it a three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would give it a three and a half. Um, and the half is for nostalgic purposes because it does bring up um, yeah. 
memories. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. 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 But um, you know, it's Eddie Murphy doing Eddie Murphy. And we love to see it, you know. Um, and then the subject matter and whatnot, you know, it's just it's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. You are you are definitely entertained from beginning to end. It's not yeah. it's far from his worst and it's not oh, his yeah. best, but it's still solid. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely would recommend watching it. Yeah. So that is The Distinguished Gentleman. Mm-hmm. So what are we watching next time? Well, I sent Lindsay a few text messages earlier this week for some movies. Um, they're all horror films. <laughs> so sorry. That was just on my mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I had asked about the others, which is a classic. I love that movie so much. Do you? Yes. Um, but you'd already seen it. And I was like, Fine. yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll go with What Lies Beneath. Okay. So let me, oh, I need to check this. Right. What is that one? Let's see. came out in 2000. I remember this one really well, actually. Okay, it's on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. It looked like where you'd be able to get it there. And then, you know, available with premium subscription through other services like Amazon Prime, things like that. Or Vudu, Apple TV for rent. But yeah. Um, let me see about that Paramount Plus because it might because it looks like it's MGM. Yeah, I see MGM Plus as well. So let me see. Let me see if it's not an add-on. Nope, it's not. That'll work. Okay. All right, so what lies beneath mm-hmm. is next time. Starring Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Joe Morton is in there, which you may recognize him from Scandal. Playing the dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't like Scandal. You didn't like Scandal? No. Why? thought it was stupid. It's supposed to be silly. Well, it was too silly for it's, me to watch. soap opera. Yeah, it was too silly for me to watch. I can't oh do it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but I know you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about yeah. uh, Miles from uh, uh, Soul. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Miles from Soul Food. No. Yeah. The um, ain't that the same person? You talking about the, the little boy? No, no, not Miles. I'm tripping. Um, um, what you the one that the one that um had sex with Faith? Oh, I don't remember that. But he was also in Terminator 2. He played the uh, engineer and they, they were like broke into his house because they wanted the arm. Uh, no, I don't remember that. You don't remember uh, that? Oh my God. I don't remember that part. And I have seen all the Terminators. I do not remember that part. Yeah, they broke into his house because they wanted the arm and they were like terrorizing his family <laughs> at first. And then they started to be kinder. And uh, they had to go to the office to like get the arm or whatever. And then he ended up blowing up the whole place. Okay, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about now, but no, I'm wrong. He's not on, um, he's not on, um, Soul Food. Okay. Yeah, 
I'm thinking of somebody else. But he's he has this show that's on um, Fox Soul. It's called The Black Box. Oh, I haven't heard of that. It's him. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the actor studio. Okay, okay, I got you. Yeah. So it's him and this other actor. But yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's been doing a lot of things. Oh yeah. He's been acting for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's um he's her dad on scandal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Okay. My brother from another planet. I heard about that, but I never seen it. Apparently he started in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, inside the black box, that's the name of the show. Yeah, he's an American gangster too. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's been a lot. He's a working actor. Yep, and I remember him from a different world. Yep, he was in that too. Mm-hmm. Tap. Yep, he show was in tap. Well, you know Joe. Huh? You know Joe. Yeah. I would say I would say you should definitely like look up, you know, Joe plus scandal speech. Yeah, because he's like he gives like credible like monologues. It's really great. Oh yeah. Mhm. Okay. Have you ever seen Tap? I have not. Yeah. I remember seeing it at the theater, but it came out in '89, so I just remember seeing it at the theater. I don't remember what it was about though. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't think I've even heard of that. Yeah, it's Gregory Hines. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay, yes. About tap dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. So, all right. So, Maria, where can we find you? You can find me online, anywhere and everywhere, pretty much. And if I am there, I'm there at Valar More Dollars. That's V-A-L-A-R-M-O-R Dollars. Also on another podcast called Nergasm Noir. Six black ladies talking about nerdy, geeky, pop culture, tech things. So you can come join us over there as well. And where can they find you, Lindsay? Um, you can find me everywhere at L underscore Renell. That's L underscore R-A-N-E-L-L-E. And on my other podcast, The Inch We Talk, where me and my cousin, we talk about various hot topics. What did and you talk about this week? Cat Williams? Of course. Of course. <laughs> And we took a huge left to where me and my cousin started really arguing. Oh, no. Marriage. Yeah. Marriage? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because (laughs) him and my friend, they were on it, and both of them were against marriage. Oh. Because they're men, and men want to find every excuse not to get married, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I'm just like, do what you want to do, but be honest. Yeah, but... Yeah. They want their their whole argument has to do with um the delusion of a marriage mm-hmm. and paying for a divorce. Okay. So they don't want to get married because they don't want to pay for a divorce. And I'm like, why are you even planning the divorce in the first place? Right. You have that many assets to protect. Right. And then on top of that, because like what we really argued about. Was I was just like, ain't nobody trying to be nobody's girlfriend for another 30 years and then you and they obituary as they special friend. That's stupid. <laughs> no. Especially right. if they were if they were married and they just ain't never gonna get divorced. And now the obituary when they die, 
is listing their wife that I ain't been with in 30 years because they've been with you for 30 and years. Like, you lucky you, that you even listed in the obituary. There are certain like rights and protections that you can't get if you're not married. Right. But they say, oh, you can, you can put stuff in place. I don't, I don't have no problem with doing a commitment ceremony. I'm like, what? Okay. Because they, their whole thing is that people, when, when women say, if I'm not married, I'm single. I'm like, well, if you're not married, you're single. You're either single, married, divorced, or widow. Pick one. But being a they don't, girl, they don't, they never put a place for up. just like committed relationship. On right? The, you know? Yeah, like it was but like all full fledged argument. Like we really argue your relationship with your partner is your relationship. So yeah, uh, they might not agree with that actually. Well, yeah. so like, I don't, I've never really heard that from a majority of women believe that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. It, and that's the killer part. Like, I had to go on ahead and end the conversation because that's the killer part about it. Like he don't want to get married, but his girlfriend do. And I was like, you know what? We're going to go on ahead and end this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when people want different things, it's just very hard to like try and build a life on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So. Because there are as many as many different relationships types as there are people. Yeah. So to I wouldn't I really wouldn't generalize that at all because like I know people who have husbands and boyfriends. So yeah, right, right. I, I mean, mean, other people who never want to be married, but neither does their partner. They just it's like, yeah, like whatever, whatever, whatever happens in your relationship happens in your relationship. I just ain't. I'm not here for being nobody's girlfriend for 30 years. That's not mm-hmm. that's not what I'm on this planet to be. And I'm not going to be listed as your special friend in the obituary. You got me messed up. Yeah, like, for me, it would be about those the taxes and the legal protections that come yeah. with being married is really what's more important, important as far as that is concerned. Yeah. Like, but the, these guys, they talk like they got all these many different properties, all these different businesses, all the, this big old net worth. I'm like, oh my God, why do we, all right. Temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Yeah, and then they was like, oh, well, you, um, cause I said something like, you can get a prenup, like it's not that exactly. big. Exactly, if you hear that like, worried oh, well, about it. You, right, I was, it was like, oh, well, you can have, you can get a prenup and then when, it does come into play to use the prenup. You're going to say, oh, it was under duress. I said, that's why you get it handled months prior to the wedding. Because, right. yes, if you do it the day before, you can argue that it was under duress of signing. But if you that's do why it you have a conversation with your partner, like, this is what I want to do. Right. But I'm like, but if you handled that five months prior to. Why would it be under it. duress? Like, what happened to make yeah. it under duress? <laughs> I don't understand why that would be the. Well, that, but that's a, that's the thing, and that's when people have been like contesting um, mm-hmm. prenups and stuff. They can contest it because they'll feel like because they'll have this whole argument that I signed it under duress because it was given to me the day before the the wedding. Why? Who does that? A Why lot would you do of that? Do that? A yeah, lot that, that, that is duress. What it is. Um, yeah, right. And I saw, and I told them this on when they when they tried to bring up that point. I told them this on the show. I said, I saw this from a lawyer online. You handle the prenup months before, so that nobody can argue with, or nobody can come with you with that yeah. argument of signing it under duress. 
You know what I'm saying? And why but, would you even want to surprise your partner like that? That's so weird. No. Because you, well, if you're the one that got all the money, you surprise somebody with that the day before so that they can't try to go and retain a lawyer and try to right. get I mean, I understand something. like yeah. that kind of thing, but if mm -hmm. you actually love and value this person, that's not something you're going to do. Right. Right. You would want to make the shit right. You know, but hey, it was a whole full-fledged argument. So if you would like to watch the whole argument, you can go to the ish we talk on YouTube. It's there. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So that was um, episode 46 mm -hmm. of Romy's Review of the Movies. And we will see you guys for episode 47. Yes, for what lies beneath. Yep. So we will see you later. Bye. Bye.